God does extend his invitation to every single human being under different circumstances, but he awaits a response. That is the second part to the equation, if you will. Every single human being needs to correspond to the Lord in faith, believing and living in a way that shows that this faith is a true faith and genuine faith against all odds. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. We'll be talking today about God's plan and our part in it. God has an individual plan for each and every person, which involves His unmerited promises towards us. But as part of that plan, there are things that He has done and left ready, and there are things we need to do in order to have access to those promises He has made to be able to receive those things He has done. We cannot just stand idly by and expect to attain God's promises without doing our part. God sheds His grace on us, but there needs to be a response to that grace. There is a part that we must fulfill to complete the equation. Today's message is based on the book of Joshua, chapter 1. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, King of the universe, creator of heaven and all things. I praise you and I worship you, O Lord, Heavenly Father, for who you are, for what you have done, and what you desire to do with us. Heavenly Father, thank you because your intentions are good and true. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you may please forgive my sins and my wrongs. I pray, O Lord, Heavenly Father, that we might be able to understand your word, that we might be able to understand what you have done for us and what you desire for us to do. Heavenly Father, help us to understand through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We'll be reading today from Joshua chapter one. This is the word of the Lord. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory." No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. 
And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed, all your mighty men of valor, and help them. Until the Lord has given your brethren rest, as he has gave you. And they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrise. So they answered Joshua saying, All that you command us we will do, and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words and all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. In this passage, we can see very important factors that are necessary for things to work right. But two main things we see are that there is a part that depends on the Lord and there is also a part that is dependent on man or rather on how man responds to what God has said and done. At the beginning of the passage, we can see God's faithfulness. God remembered his promise. We see that he continued with the process to fulfill his promise. God will never do something contrary to what he has promised. We always have to remember that God is all truth. There is no deceit in the Lord. And so what promise was God aiming to fulfill? It was the promise that he made to his friend Abraham. Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 to 7 relates to us the following. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abraham passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Morah, and the Canaanites were then in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Abram, who was later known as Abraham, had received a firm promise from the Lord that if he chose to leave his country and his family, that God would show him a land and that he would bless him and make him into a great nation. And Abram believed the Lord and he left everything by faith, by putting his trust in God. He chose to believe God. Now, this was not a simple decision. Back then, leaving places you knew and people you lived with in peace was certainly not something you just left. Much of the world back then was an unknown. Things back then were not like now where you could really, you know, read things on the internet about a place, watch some episodes on the Discovery Channel or do a little research and get an understanding of what another place could consist of before actually going. Back then, there were many things in other lands that were either evil or dangerous, and a trip like that could be the end of everything you have, including all of your possessions and family. It was a big gamble, 
And so Abraham ventured into the great unknown with only a promise. This is why Abraham is known as the father of faith, because of his decision to believe in God despite so many unknowns. Abraham took to heart more God's word to him than anything else that a person could think of that could go wrong. He decided to trust God against all odds. Now, what was it that Abraham was actually pursuing? Was it in fact an earthly destination or something else? Hebrews chapter 11 provides more insight to us about this. As it is written, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham's vision went beyond the earthly, beyond the temporary world. Abraham was looking to receive from the Lord something eternal, something that no one had even thought of before. That was the vision of his faith, if you will. He believed that God's promise extended to something everlasting. That is why, again, Abraham is the father of faith. He is father to all of those that believe in God's promise of an eternal promised land. We become part of Abraham's family, Abraham's nation, when we put our complete trust in the Lord, awaiting to receive the promises that only the Lord can fulfill. Moving forward, God does extend his invitation to every single human being under different circumstances, but he awaits a response. That is the second part to the equation, if you will. Every single human being needs to correspond to the Lord in faith, believing and living in a way that shows that this faith is a true faith and genuine faith against all odds. And so in order to receive God's promises, there does need to be action on our part. And here is where we understand that God is a conditional God. No promise is fulfilled in the Lord unless there is a corresponding action on our part as a response to his promise. And so, like we saw in Abraham's life before, if Abraham would not have obeyed the Lord, he would not have received the promise. God would not have given him anything. But as we read, Abraham did depart as the Lord had spoken to him. And not only that, Abraham took his wife Sarai and Lot and all their possessions and left their place of comfort. They left the known for the unknown. Abraham believed in the Lord and put his trust in him and did just as God told him to do. There were actions and works associated with the decision to show that his faith was a true and genuine faith. And now turning back to Joshua, what did God await from Joshua? If we try to enumerate different things, we would see something like this. First was faith. God was waiting for Joshua to believe in him, to have the same vision as his predecessors. Obedience. God wanted to see if Joshua would obey him and do as he was telling him to do. Faithfulness. God was waiting to see if Joshua would follow through, not just starting the mission, but finishing the task, which would take years of effort, striving to see the promise fulfilled and trust. God ultimately wanted to see if Joshua would trust him despite the human or physical odds and challenges he would need to face through this journey. God was anticipating that Joshua would in fact obey and be strong and have good courage because what Joshua needed to do to have God fulfill his promise to him was certainly not easy. 
One of the main ways that God was expecting Joshua to answer his call was in Joshua keeping the word. The Lord exhorted Joshua to not depart from the book of the law or from God's word and to meditate on it day and night and to observe or fulfill everything that was written in it. God treats us in a similar manner. The Lord gives us his grace, but always awaiting something in return, a response, an action or actions, ultimately good works as a result of that faith, obedience, faithfulness, and trust. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10 tells us this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We find grace before the Lord. But when we correspond to his grace, to his gift, when we fulfill our purpose, because we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, that is the purpose of our existence. That is why God made us. And so, what has God given us? What should compel us to seek out the Lord and to follow Him so faithfully? The main thing He has given us is His unmerited love. John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He illustrated His love for us sacrificially. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 says, By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. And John chapter 15, verse 13 also says, Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. That is the extent of God's love for us, that he surrendered his greatest treasure, what he loves the most, so we could have access to something completely unmerited. We did nothing to deserve his promise, yet he extended his promise to us without any kind of obligation. No one can tell God to do anything. God does not owe us anything. And what is his promise? It's the same promise that has been extended to all those who choose to love him. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 explains this to us. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. God promises an eternal and unimaginable existence to everyone that makes the decision to not just believe in him, but more precisely to those who choose to love him. Revelations chapter 21 also says, He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. What does he desire from each of us? To believe in him and love him no matter what, similar to Joshua. That's what the book of the law and the foundation of everything in the Bible is, as it is written. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. This is the all of God's word, the all for all mankind to love the Lord with everything you are and above all things and evidently show that love in a visible and tangible manner by doing as he tells you to do. 
The proof that you love God is in how you live your life for Him. Not just one day, but every day until you breathe your last breath, until your heart stops beating, until you stand one day before the great and eternal throne to give an account for what you did in life. For it is also written, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. God is love and has done the unthinkable for us and also has the unimaginable waiting for all of those that are willing to do their part for him, to love him as much as he has loved us. In this life, there is one thing that is certain, and that is that every human being has the right to choose or free will. And this is what determines what happens with each of us. We are free to believe in the Lord or not to believe in the Lord. We are free to love Him and also free to choose to love other things. Everything ultimately depends on how we choose to correspond to God for the things He does. The sun rises and sets every day. And that only happens because God has created it, established it, and wills it to happen every day. And that sun rises and sets to show each and every one of us just a small demonstration of His power, magnificence, and faithfulness to us. And we need to ask ourselves this question with something like this. Do I search for God because I see His wondrous works all around? Or do I choose to just ignore all of that and what's worse, assign honor and glory for those things to something that is not responsible for any of that? Many people choose to believe that a cosmic accident is responsible for all of creation than Almighty God. Many people would much rather believe that they are a product of evolution than being fearfully and wonderfully made by the Lord God Almighty. That is all choice, my friends. And so God's promises and their fulfillment to us are all dependent on the choices we make and how we choose to respond to those promises. The greatest question to all of this is a personal one to each of you that are listening to this message. Will you choose to be like an Abraham, like a Moses, or like a Joshua? People who spent their lives looking to love and obey the Lord, doing their part for the Lord? Or will you choose to pass on God's love and all of the wonderful promises He has in store for those that love Him? Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, blessing and honor and glory be to You. Heavenly Father, I give You thanks for Your promises. I give You thanks, Lord God, for Your Son, Jesus Christ, because He is the one that makes all Your promises true and possible. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your love because, Lord God, your love is everything. Your love is what made us, created us, and gave us the hope of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice, through his life, through the shedding of his blood to wash away all of our sins so that we could have an eternal purpose through him. Heavenly Father, help us to be able to live our lives in such a way that we could attain those promises you have set before us. Help us to understand, Lord God, that we truly need to do those things 
that please you, that honor you. That Heavenly Father, your grace, your salvation through Jesus Christ is not just an unmerited favor, but Lord God, that it is a window to show the great things that you want to continue doing for us and through us, Heavenly Father. Help us, O Lord, not to take salvation for granted, but to see it for what it is, your promise. But Lord God, the gateway, Heavenly Father, to so many other things, but most importantly, the gateway to you and to being with you eternally and forever. I give you thanks again for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Help us to be able to see things through your eyes and not through ours. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.